Good afternoon on this Monday. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Looking at this cattle market highs, are we going to continue to see the momentum? Is it like an early Christmas gift coming our way for our cattle producers? We're going to find out from Brad Coima with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So that's the question, Brad. Are we going to keep this momentum going? Wow, that's a great teaser. Uh, thanks for having me on, um, Susan. It's always great to be on. I, uh, it, it, one of uh, the more unprecedented rallies that we've had uh, in cattle in a long time. And in some ways, it reminds me of 2014, um, <clears throat> where you had a marketplace there that uh, you know just started up and, and never looked back. Uh, and, and this is a market that's been a lot like that, of course. Uh, we're into something like nearly 40 days off of the lows without any kind of significant correction at all. Uh, you know, we'd have done this 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 uh, interview at that that little after twelve. I might have said, you know, it looks like it started. You know, actually, the market closed a hair lower for the week last week. Believe it or not, uh, we also had um, um, a market that was tilted. You know, with the back month stronger than the front. We were thirty forty lower in the front months, and I thought, well, maybe we'll start a little correction today. But once again, uh, as has happened so many times the last uh, 30 minutes of the trade, particularly the market comes back and closes very strong again. So big, big, big fund buying. Uh, um, and that's been one of the, the, the main, um, you know, sponsors here all the way up at the rally. So, uh, we're at it, you know, to answer your question, we're at a time where typically this period from the first of November until about oh, Thanksgiving week, we'd always hear the demand bad news and get a little correction. So I, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't be completely surprised that we could get a little correction ahead of Thanksgiving. But, uh, you know, on the back side of that, the market looks to be in great shape. How are we doing weight-wise on these cattle? That would be the gorilla in the room uh, or whatever you want to call it. You know, you know the, the good side of the fundamentals is, is the box beef and the cash market's pretty good, uh, although it is discounted to the futures. The, the, the One of the, the things that I think it's a good question and we need to be sensitive to is, the average weights have caught up and surpassed last week now, or last year now, uh, particularly looking at last week's data where you had the steering heifer carcasses at 877 versus 872 the week prior and 871 a year ago, uh, contra-seasonally taking the weights higher. Um, you know, I still think that there's a bit of an issue here created by the Holcomb fire where the north, um, where we do a lot of negotiated trade, most of it all negotiated trade, uh, seems to be left holding the bag a little bit. In the south, where there's more formula-priced cattle, uh, they seem to be getting their cattle dead. Um, so, and, and the weather's been better, you know. Um, all the way back to August, really, the weather uh, has, has gotten finally moderated and isn't you know, all the mud and all the other issues that we've had for a long time. So the fact that these weights are picking up a little bit would be a little bit disconcerting. Kind of a quieter day. In, in the most part, because of being the Veterans Day holiday, we're not really getting any box beef movement or any information out of the USDA today. No, and the volume was very, very light. You make a good point. Uh, I did, you know, there are still people that go to the floor and trade options down there. Uh, and, 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 you know, that place is not like it used to be either, but it was really, really, really quiet today. Uh, with Veterans Day, uh, you had one plant dark. You aren't getting any data from the USDA. Um, very, very light volume day to day. So it's a day where maybe you look at it and maybe don't put quite as much, uh, you know, uh, 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 weight or importance because the volume was light, but it's still a pretty solid day and you got to pay based on where it closed. Feeder cattle futures, um, kind of out of money maybe on the trade? Uh, yeah, corn, you know, maybe corn too. Um, 
uh, you know, a couple of the major things that I look at when I'm staring at the cattle page, which I've done for almost 40 years now, is, you know, how are the spreads trading? And those were weaker today on the live cattle, but some of that's because of the fund roll. We're in the middle of the Goldman roll, day three of it today. Uh, and then what is the overall strength of the feeders? Feeder cattle still have a bit of a reputation of being, you know, some of the leadership down there, and they were good all day. Uh, I wondered if part of that wasn't the weakness in the corn um and, and maybe that uh that rolling of those months to the back or that you know even you saw a bit of that incentive in the hogs where the deferreds are stronger than the fronts um that probably influenced the feeder gals a bit too susan on the hog market uh looking there some historic patterns we're seeing low numbers once again are they just playing off the higher numbers from the cattle numbers well you know some of that i think although it, you and I have both been at this uh, long enough, I think, to recognize that the, the, the corollary between the cattle and the hogs is probably not nearly as pure and strict as it used to be. Um, it, it, it seems like those two have taken different paths to at least a, a bit of a degree. I, I you know, continue to struggle with the hog macro fundamentals. Uh, clearly, domestically, we've got a lot of them, too many of them, without perfect export demand anyway. We've got too many of them to sustain a, a market. I, you know, while you look at statistically what's happened in terms of pork movement to China lately, and it's frankly is quite astounding, it's big, okay? Um, yet the market still doesn't quite believe, you know, that they can trust that, okay, they're back to stay. Uh, over the weekend, there was some of this naysaying again of, oh, no, we're not going to sign up. You know, we're not rolling back any tariffs till we got yada yada, this deal done. And I mean, it's exasperating. One day everybody feels good about China, and then we rally hogs. The next day everybody feels bad, and we're almost down the limit. And, and I think that was impacted the grains over there too, somewhat negatively today. This this whole holding pattern uh, notion here again on the on the China phase one. So, how much is the the USMCA talk that's going on now factoring oh, into these well, numbers as well? Well, the postponement of that has uh, been a, a real. Uh, a curse here in both of the meat pits, uh, particularly in the in the hogs. Uh, we've got a trade partner south of us there is very critical to the pork industry, particularly the the type of cuts that they're willing to take is not exactly this. Uh, they're they're willing to to, to uh, we're able to export to them some of the cuts that are the most difficult for us to sell. Is what I'm trying to say, and uh, this whole stalling and the politicizing of this whole thing is is uh, maddening. Um, I wish I could see my way to the end of it. You know, now it looks like it's going to, the whole thing is going to be postponed until after New Year. Hope that's wrong, but uh, certainly that doesn't help the cause. Well, stick around, folks. We'll come back. We're going to take a look at the happenings of the lower grain numbers and get Brad's thoughts on this past Friday's WASD numbers. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue to hear from Brad Coima. So let's talk lower numbers that we're seeing in today's market trade. What seems to be the incentive besides not a lot out there to get it moving? <laughs> well, uh, you know, the, the old saying here that a, um, a bull market, and this certainly is not a bull market, but a bull market needs to be fed every day. In other words, you need to throw some good news at the market once in a while to give someone a reason to buy it. At this point, when unfortunately, it seems like the funds have every reason to continue to sell the market to a degree. Uh, you know, the, the market's going their way. Uh, they add to their positions, and it goes more their way, so they have more money to add to their positions. It's a bit of a death spiral. Uh, nothing on the reports. I didn't think that just you know that was game-changing kind of numbers by any means. Um, and, and so we're stuck with this deal. And again, I think like we talked about in the first session, I think some of it is is this uh, impatience with uh, the 
yes, we like each other, no, we don't, uh, dialogue between the, uh, uh, as we've raced to the completion of this phase one China trade talk. Um, so I think that was part of the problem. But clearly you had probably some chart selling too, especially on the soybeans today as we, you know, took out in a big way those those lows that we made it just over a week or so ago, a uh, chart that looks pretty vulnerable, unfortunately. Um, I, I Corn market held last Friday's lows by a whisker. A um, couple of points I would just, you know, be sensitive to maybe the January bean uh, in this 912 area. Uh, the 100-day moving average is right in that neighborhood. Halfway back of this last rally is right in that neighborhood. Um, that area was kind of important on the way up. Um, so I guess I, right now I'm sitting here hoping that maybe on a lower trade uh, tomorrow morning that the market will find a little bit of support uh, there, strictly technical support. Um, and then we'll wait for another two months, I guess, to see if the USDA can sort out the numbers on the January report. Okay, so speaking of the USDA, and I'm very curious because we had this conversation before we started the Fontenelle final bell, what are your thoughts as to the, the issues we saw in the WASDE report that when it was released on Friday? How much is that weighing in and affecting the trade and, and the craziness that we see just a day later in the trade? Well, I'm going to do my best to be sensitive. I've got that I know. I've got a couple of people that actually I would call friends uh, that work for and with the USDA and they do a terrific job of, of, of trying to do what their job is, okay? Uh, it's, not a, it's not a people problem. It's not like these personnel are, are out to get us. Um, having said that, uh, I was um, exasperated on Friday. Um, maybe livid is a better word even. Um, you know, so I've got three different quote systems that come in here, right? Um, it's what I do for a living. And at finally at 9 after 11 is, is, is when we started to get some of the data for the report. We were told right away that the uh, USDA's website was down. Um, corn was down a couple, and then it was up two to three. That's at 11 and one second. Um, so we're going, okay, what's the deal? Why are the beans breaking? Why, are the, why is the corn higher? Uh, and feeling like um, like we all should have a fair chance at the news, okay? And very much so, Brad. Now, I understand you did some looking back at the March corn. Where was March corn a year ago today? Where was March corn a year ago today? Remember, last year's crop was the second biggest crop ever. I'll tell you what crop where it was. It was at 381 and a quarter. And this year, March corn is at 382. We're literally within a penny of last year's prices, same time of the year, exact same day. And we're, when we're looking at a crop this year, they say 167, uh, and last year was 176, the second biggest ever. There seems to be quite ironic that the market's not any better than this. I guess the demand must be that bad, huh? So, so your takeaway for that for a producer who says, okay, so we're not doing as well. We've got less acres, but we're still not making any money on this grain. Oh, I'm sympathetic. I, 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 um, this year was probably one of the most difficult marketing years ever for me. Uh, you know, a lot of us, uh, I think, uh, were, it was hard to sell this, this crop when you weren't able to plant it, and that was the time when you had to sell it. I mean, realistically, how can you beat yourself up for not getting that done? Um, you know, I guess I would still maybe point a little bit toward opportunity next year with if you get next December corn back about $4, where it spent a whole lot of time. Maybe you want to be dialed into that a little bit. 
if I was to give up on the old crop corn right now, though, I guess I would not. I, I think the basis levels are strong enough to indicate true supply, which I think is less than what people think. Otherwise, the basis wouldn't be this good. And I'd like to think that maybe as we move toward the January report, we'll find out, particularly in the harvested acres, that maybe those things aren't quite those aren't quite as big as what expectations are. And hopefully we're done harvesting by then. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, too. In fact, as soon as you and I are done, I'm going to see if I still know how to run uh, our combine. Our, my son says he's going to let me run it for a while today. How about that? Well, that's perfect, Brad. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? 800-358-3047. Well, thanks so much. Brad Coima joining us this afternoon. He's with Coima, Coima and Verilic out of Sioux Center, Iowa. And of course, as you heard Brad talking, he's jumping on a combine yet this afternoon to try to get harvest done there in Northwest Iowa. Well, that is our Fontenelle Final Bell. You can pick this up as a podcast through our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcasts. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.